Is building a successful business a dream of yours? Are you ready to do meaningful work that adds value and drives big profits? Consider joining the Tim Stodd's Entrepreneur Community. Our community is a group of like-minded people who support each other and help each other reach next levels of success in business, career development, and entrepreneurship. You'll gain access to one-on-one coaching, monthly roundtable chats, marketing and business education, and accountability meetings to make sure you follow through on your commitments. It's time you reached your full potential. Learn more at timstods.com forward slash community. That's timstods.com forward slash community. Welcome to Tim Stodds FM, where each week we discuss new ideas and tactics to help you succeed in business, relationships, and life. And now your host, Tim Stoddard. Hey, what's up, everyone? My name is Tim Stoddard. Welcome to Tim Stodd's FM. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm thrilled to publish this week's podcast. My guest this week is a young man named Nat Eliason. Nat is the founder of Growth Machine, which is a highly successful SEO agency and brand within its own right. Each month, content written by Growth Machine is read by over 3 million people in a range of industries, including ride-sharing, health, wellness, marketing, finance, productivity, sales, travel, and much more. Nat is also the co-founder of Cup and Leaf Tea, which is an e-commerce-based tea company. Nat and his team took their website from zero to over 300,000 monthly visitors from Google. And finally, I was excited to have Nat on my podcast because I've been following Nat's personal blog uh, for about a year and a half, maybe maybe almost two years. I've always been a huge fan of his straightforward writing style, and I also really appreciate when successful entrepreneurs just share their own experiences and life lessons uh, with other people. You can check out his blog at nateliason.com. All the links will be in the show notes of this episode. Nat was a real pleasure to talk to, and I know you will learn so much from him, and I I hope you enjoy our conversation. So enjoy this week's conversation, and please help me welcome my guest, Nat Eliason. All right, Nat. Well, uh, let's jump right into this. Thank you so much for joining me on my show. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, glad to be here. Let's do it. Cool. Um, I, I... I love talking to other SEOs and especially on my show because it's a, it's a passion of mine, uh, clearly, as I know it's a passion for you as well, but I also like talking about it from, from a, a practical sense. I was speaking at a conference, I guess it was about two weeks ago, and the, the conversations were about all different types of marketing, and the only thing I ever really talk about is inbound search simply because I just find it to be the most effective. If you're trying to actually grow a business and convert traffic into customers, um, especially for like service businesses, I don't, I, I would almost argue that there's no point in, in doing anything else. So um, I, I, I like having these conversations with people that, that feel the same way, but I wanted to get your, your viewpoint and hear a little bit about your story 
with Growth Machine, why you guys decided to specify so much on being um, uh, primarily an SEO agency and an inbound search agency and a little bit to, uh, to the catalyst on, on how you started the company. Yeah. I, well, I mean, first off, I'd say I, I would disagree that it's not worth doing anything else besides search. Uh, I think search is a good component for a lot of businesses to bring in customers, but I think it would be very hard to build a huge business on a single marketing channel, right? Like even the guys, even any business that starts with primarily search, they always have to branch off into other areas <clears throat> as well. Or, you know, they start with something else and then they add search in later. I mean, one, one case that I really like, or one, one uh, pain point that I like is companies that are spending a ton on ads, right? And so they're, they're paying a ton of money to get customers <clears throat> into their site. Uh, uh, SEO can be such a great way to offset some of that ad cost and, you know, can reduce CPCs uh, on Google if you've got multiple spots on the front page and then, you know, just more brand awareness and then people see your Facebook ads and they go look stuff up later and they see you again. Uh, they, they play really well together. But the, the way I got started in this was actually just from my personal site. So I, I started a blog back in fall of 2014 mm -hmm. and I was just kind of writing about whatever came to mind. Uh, and then I, I decided to do a five day water fast and that was back before like fasting was as cool as it is now. So it wasn't being talked about as much. So I wrote an article about, you know, my experience doing a five day water fast. And again, I didn't know much about SEO at the time, but I published that article. And then a few months later, I was suddenly getting uh, 200, 300 visitors a day to that article. And then a month or so later, I was getting a thousand visitors a day to that article. And before that, at my site had only been getting, you know, 10, 20 visitors a day. So it was this massive, you know, order of magnitude jump in traffic without me really doing anything, right? Just kind of waiting. And that kind of made me say, okay, like there's something really cool here. This is a really interesting way of, of garnering search traffic or of garnering like visitors, right? And that kind of sent me down the SEO rabbit hole. I ended up doing a bunch more on my site with it. I created like a really cool passive income stream from it. And then a couple of companies reached out and said like, hey, can you help us figure out how to uh, do SEO and content for uh, our, our sites as well? Because we're not fully utilizing it as an acquisition channel. So I did it as a consultant for a couple of companies. Uh, it worked out really well at one, worked out okay at another. It didn't work out well, well at all at the third. And the common denominator in the two where it didn't go as well was that they, they didn't have anyone to take it over and run it after my like consulting period was over. So the one where it did go really well, they hired a director of content who was able to keep running with it. But in the other two, it just sort of like stopped being done once I stepped out. So that kind of made me go, okay, this is clearly something people want, but they don't have the internal resources to do it. So uh, I'll just go the agency route and build a team that can do it for them, right? Can be like a complete white glove done for you service. And that started back in September, 2017. And yeah, we've been going just over two years now. It sounds like you and I have really similar stories. Um, I didn't get my introduction through a, a personal blog. Well, maybe I did. My, my story is a little bit unique where, um, 10 years ago, I, I got into recovery from addiction and I just started writing about my journey, basically. Like my first year, I was just 
kind of freaked out. You don't really know what you're doing. So I just started a blog. It was back when Blogspot was still a thing and uh, was just writing about it. And then about a month and a half, two months into it, I figured out how to look at like how many people are actually coming to my site and then figure out how they're getting there. And I just got hooked just like you did. You sort of make these weird aha connection moments. Um, and over time, as I kept working on the blog and it kept getting more and more popular, people would approach me and basically just say like, hey, I see you're having some success over here. Can you help me um, in that same route? So that's, that's really interesting. It sounds like you and I almost had the, the same exact like trajectory into our agencies. Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah. Um, so the, you, you mentioned two things there, uh, both of which I really, really want to talk about. One, I, I want to talk about your blog because that's actually how I found you a couple years ago. Um, and you're a great writer. And like, I really, really love the content that you put out there. So I, I want to get into that. Uh, but also for the listeners who are maybe just getting started in their journey and they're a little, uh, they want to learn more about like some of the actual tactics. You said that there are other strategies you use other um, than SEO. So in your view, like what do you think is, you know, let's call it a hierarchy of what you should focus on to drive uh, traffic, whether that's through social media or email or brand awareness or SEO. Like if, if you were to start a new brand today, how would you go about trying to drive, drive traffic to it? Well, there's, there's no hierarchy. It's really going to depend on your strengths and what you want to go after as your initial acquisition channel, right? So I think people who are very good in one area will, will lean on that area as a way to get started. And then they'll expand into other areas either by learning them or by hiring people who are good at them. I think SEO is, is usually a pretty bad place to start because it's, it's very slow. You yeah. need to have a lot of patience for SEO to really kick in. You're looking at sure. six to 12 months to get to ROI positive on an SEO investment and a lot of newer businesses just don't have that kind of time, right? We, we started a tea company within our agency uh, called Cup and Leaf, and we were able to just blog for, you know, four or five, six months without needing to make any money off of it because it was an agency project and because it was a case study. But a lot of entrepreneurs, you can't just go create content for six months without making any money and, and wait for it to maybe kick in. You don't even know that it is going to kick in. Yeah. So I, I would usually say like if you're starting off and, and obviously you do want to make revenue sooner rather than later, then you should start with the channels that can actually do that for you, right? Direct sales and partnerships are great for that. Uh, ads are obviously a pretty reliable way to do that. And we usually tell people who reach out to us, like figure out at least one, uh, marketing or sales channel first and then layer SEO on top of it. Because again, it's just a very tough place to start uh, in pretty much any business. I would really, really agree with that. I, I say, uh, I've said a few times that to go all in with a, an inbound search campaign, you have to really like have the nerve for it because it's super uncomfortable to do work today that may or may not have like a positive effect on your bottom line six yeah. to nine months from now. And it's especially uncomfortable if you're doing it for somebody else, like trying to have that conversation with a client and say like, Hey, look, you need to pay me. And this probably won't work for at least six to nine months. It's uh, like, you just have to have the nerve for it. And you have to, I think, 
believe in the process because you, yeah. you've done it enough times where you know this, these are the correct steps to do. This is the, the way you do it in this order. So you, you know that this works, but every time over and over again, you, you still, at least I still find myself questioning it sometimes like, oh, <laughs> I hope this pays off. Yeah. And a lot of that for uh, us now is just in the selection process of who we work with, Mm. because you can kind of tell if somebody needs or expects something to work in like two months and it's just not going to happen. And so, you know, we, I mean, we have like six month minimums for working with people and that's, that's not even so much, you know, like revenue insurance for us. It's a filtering tool for the people who do have the, the patience to invest in SEO right? Because if they're going to, if they're going to start to worry about like not having traffic in month two, like it's not gonna, like it, it, the project is never going to work out because they're like being too kind of like, like neurotic and impatient for something that does take a lot of time. Uh, and we've had more than a few situations where like somebody, uh, we've gotten a lot better about avoiding these kinds of projects now, but like back in the day we would have a, project come on and it would be four months in and there wouldn't be much traffic and then they would get get like you know pissed and be like hey where's the traffic and we would try to explain that it takes a while for these things to kick in and then you know they would fire us and go do something else and then we would still have access to the google analytics and then we'd look in their analytics and sure enough like two to three months later some of those articles would start to hit and then suddenly they're getting a few more thousand visitors a day and it's like all right we told you right um, and imagine how much higher <clears throat> that would be if you had kept investing in it along the way. So yeah, you, you do have to have that nerve to, to play the waiting game. Well, I love that. And I'm glad that you brought up an example because, uh, I, I take notes as I do these, these podcasts because questions pop into my head and you, you sort of went down the route, but I'm looking for, um, I'm not going to ask you to mention like any client names, obviously, but can you think of the specific time? when that really happened, when maybe a client was uh, giving you a hard time or, or really nervous about it, and then the work that you put in really, really did come to fruition like a year down the line? I, I mean, not even a year. I could think of two cases where it came to fruition literally like two months later, <laughs> where it, you know, it just, they were looking at the analytics and they said, hey, you know, we, we're not seeing the traffic that we want to see. Uh, and we could see on the back end, looking at AREFs or uh, AccuRanker, like, like all of the keywords were moving up in the right direction, right? Mm-hmm. They had gone from position 80 to 60 to, you know, 30 to like 15. And it's like, all right, this, you know, you give this more time and it's going to actually start bringing in traffic for you. And, you know, they didn't want to hear it and would, and canceled. And then, yeah, I mean, in one case, it was literally when they, when they canceled, they were getting, I think like 250 visitors a day. And two months later, they were getting between two and 3,000 visitors a day. Wow. And like nothing else was published. There were no more links built. It was just that, that time. It was that aging factor. Yeah. And, you know, that was super frustrating because it was like, all right, like, you know, where else could you guys be if you had kept doing this? And, and then it also is frustrating because you, <laughs> you, you get that reassurance that you were right. But at the same time, you're not going to go back to them and say, Hey, I told you so like, let's work together again. Right. I, I've never reached back out to those clients because the fact that they did that kind of means that I don't want to work with them either anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. Like they're just going to, they're going to do something similar again in the future. Right. Like they're not going to change from that one experience. So 
it's just, you know, annoying. Um, we, we had another one like that happened too, where we were trying to build links to a few specific pages and we got the links, but then they were saying, you know, Hey, we got these links, but traffic hasn't gone up. The pages aren't ranking any better. What's going on? And it was again, like, Hey, you know, just wait. And they, you know, canceled obviously. And then a month or two later, like all of the pages were on the first page, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, it's super frustrating. So we're still figuring out the best way to communicate some of that waiting game need. Uh, but it's a, it's definitely a big challenge in this line of work. It certainly is. And if you can ever figure that one out, um, write a book or something, I'll, I'll buy it because I, <laughs> I could use some advice on that as well. Uh, okay, great. Well, I could talk about this for hours, really. Um, Growth Machine is obviously just a really reputable and respected company within our industry. Um, so if, if anybody wants to learn more, they can go to your website. The articles that you guys write are phenomenal. You guys, you do really, really great work. And so I, I always appreciate that. Um, I, I did want to take a little bit of a detour, though, because you mentioned the tea company. And mm-hmm. I, I looked at your website and um, <laughs> like you, I just don't see that many online tea companies out there. So you thought to yourself like, wow, this is interesting. I'm, I'm assuming that you have to have some kind of a, a passion for tea or else like, why would you start that company? But also you said something uh, in passing that I thought was really interesting. Like your agency actually owns that. That's not, that's more than just a, a side project for you. You guys are doing that as a company. Sort of. Yeah. So the, the way that whole, the way that all that started was, I've had a running joke in my articles and content for like since 2014 about starting a tea company and about doing SEO in the tea space because it's always been like a good example of some of the things you can do with SEO and content. And so in 2017, I was recording a course for Growth Machine and basically that was going to be a downsell where if somebody couldn't afford to work with us, maybe they could, you know, just take this course and try to do some of it themselves. And so for the course, I was using a, a fictional tea site as the example, right, in the course right. saying like, all right, well, let's pretend that we're growing a tea blog yeah, uh, and we'll, you know, call it whatever. And was doing all the keyword research and looking at the competitors. And as I was recording that course, I was kind of thinking, hey, you know, there's actually like, kind of an SEO opportunity here. Uh, it's pretty interesting. And so then uh, we, we had an internal person on Growth Machine who was working on like content creation and things like that. And, you know, I went to her and I said, hey, you know, I'm going to start this T-blog. Can you start going after these keywords on it? And she was like, yeah, awesome. Uh, and so we started like just writing the T-blog and pretty soon it was getting like, you know, a few hundred and then a couple thousand visitors a day. And at that point, uh, my now wife and I were looking at it and we we're like, hey, you know, maybe we should just start selling tea <laughs> since we're getting all this traffic. And so uh, we, you know, went out and did research and figured out like how to find some good brokers in the US who had relationships with farms and how to do packaging and distribution and all of that and got it all set up and then just started selling tea <laughs> behind the tea blog. Uh, and she, she's been running it ever since then. And we've, and now she's like opening a cafe in Austin and doing all of this. Uh, and so it, it started as like a growth machine SEO blog project, but now yeah. it's spun off into this uh, whole other 
company really. Um, and it continues to be a really great case study for growth machine because I mean, we, we started that blog and within eight months we were doing over 150,000 visitors a month. And within a year we were doing over 300,000 visitors a month. Uh, it was really rapid growth. And now I think we're the most popular T blog online by traffic. Um, like we get a lot more traffic to all the key like article topics, uh, than, you know, Hardy and sons or David's T or any of these like huge players in the space. So, uh, it's been an awesome example <laughs> of the, the fact that we know what we're talking about. Right. And that we, we can do what we say we can do. Um, and then, you know, having the tea company is super cool too. <laughs> I love hearing stories like that. And it's more than just an SEO study for me. Like part of my personal message in my blog and my podcast is just to, uh, just to show people examples that no matter what it is that you're interested in, there's other people out there that are also going to be interested in it. And if you can just find your tribe, you know, if you can find that small corner of people, it doesn't have to, like, you don't have to be a Nike or an Apple and, you know, talk to millions, if not billions of people, you can just find your little corner and your little passion and whatever it is that you're into, you can start writing about it and you can start like, you know, writing about tea or you can start writing about books or, um, I don't know. I'm looking around my office. I, I collect sugar skulls. Like you could write about sugar skulls and, and maybe sell some of those things online. Like the, the possibilities are so endless and it's just such a wide open landscape of, yeah. of things that you can do. So, so if you're listening, like I doubt you went into this process thinking that you wanted to be like a, a, a tea connoisseur. It was just a cool thing and, and you found it interesting, but then you saw an opportunity and you went with it. And I think that is so cool. Yeah. And I do actually really like tea. <laughs> so that, that helped as well that it, that it was a cool opportunity. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I actually think that there's cool opportunities in the tea space as we have this kind of generational move away from alcohol uh, and things like that. So it's been a fun project to work on. Yeah, that's great. I love hearing it. Um, all right. So I want to talk more about your your personal writing, your blog, I, I think that you're a great example of what happens when you just put your ideas out there and like you're transparent with the, the world and when you're uh, giving like your personal experience, both like your, your successes and sometimes even your failures and your tribulations. You mentioned that you started your blog in, in 2014. Like what was, what was the reasoning behind it? Did you have some kind of like you know, personal branding aspirations or, or did you just try to write? Yeah, I didn't really have any personal, uh, maybe a little, little bit of personal branding aspirations. I, I mostly started it so that I had a portfolio uh, of work to point to, to uh, apply for content marketing jobs. So basically what happened was I got really interested in like entrepreneurship. My sophomore and junior year of college and then my junior spring ended up like starting a startup in Pittsburgh and taking a year off of school to work on that and it, it didn't go anywhere and but it was a really good learning experience and then coming back from that I realized okay I don't know anything about marketing I need to really learn how to do more marketing or, or something else but marketing was the most interesting to me mm. and so I started trying to learn some marketing and I, I was studying philosophy in college, so I didn't have any 
anything that I was learning really that directly transferred over except my writing because I had been doing a ton of writing and I was already a decent writer. So I said, okay, well, I can start with content marketing. That seems like an easy way into the industry for me. And so I just need to start writing some articles under my name so that I can send them to people when I'm reaching out for freelance writing gigs to kind of get this started. So I published a few articles on my site and then I started reaching out uh, to companies with blogs that I admired. And uh, one of the first companies I reached out to actually was Zapier. And I pitched them on letting me do a guest post for their blog and they said yes. And that was super exciting because, you know, Zapier is like an awesome blog. They do really great content and they pay their freelancers well. And Danny and the whole team there are like wonderful people. So that was just like a really cool initial freelancing experience. And then that actually turned into an internship with Zapier because I think when I reached out to them, they didn't know that I was in college. (laughs) And then uh, I'd done a few articles and they you know, then they posted this internship that they were doing for college students. And I was like, Hey guys, like, can I do the internship? And they said, Oh, well, you know, we're just targeting college students. And I said, well, I, I am in college. <laughs> I never mentioned that. Um, and, and so ended up getting to work with them for like my whole spring semester. Uh, but the, the site was really just, I knew that I needed a few articles up in the areas of like talking that I was interested that I could send to people in order to, uh, you know, prove to them that I could publish stuff online. And that's, you know, really paid back in spades since I started it. Yeah, well, tell me, tell me about that last sentence, because um, I'm curious from my own personal knowledge, but also from like a, 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 a broader standpoint. So when you say paid back in spades, you mentioned earlier that you built kind of a passive income stream. And uh, Um, I I would just love to hear about that because there's a lot of ways that you can do that. But even more importantly, I've found with my blog, um, there's ways that I monetize it, but the real value from it isn't even necessarily, you know, let's call it like a direct line or a direct path to monetization. It's just the awareness that you get. And it's just putting your ideas out there and, you know, let's call it being heard. So, um, one from like a, a more technical standpoint i'm i'm curious as to like the specifics on on how you monetize your content but a little bit more than that tell me about just how it's paid off in other ways yeah and i i would say that similar to you there is that two there are like two levels of payoff right there's the direct payoff which is you know making money from the site making money from the articles that you publish uh, and all of that and then there's the indirect, which is all of the downstream benefits of having you know, that information out there. So, you know, in terms of the direct, I, there have been a lot of ways, actually, that it's, it's been able to generate revenue for me. Um, the affiliate revenue is obviously like the easy one. You know, certain yeah. sites have really great affiliate programs. Being good at SEO gets you to the top of Google for things. People come and read your articles and then whatever you're recommending. Uh, obviously you can earn affiliate commissions on it. So that's kind of like the boring way. Um, but that's still, you know, usually at least a few hundred to like a thousand dollars a month, maybe, uh, which is obviously like always nice to have the, the more interesting way that the sites paid off in terms of like direct revenue is, uh, for a long time I had, and actually I, I have a lot of them again now, the many of the top keywords on Google for uh, like improving men's sexual health. <laughs> and 
uh, especially around like lasting longer in bed and stuff. And that, as you can imagine, brings in a disgusting amount of traffic and uh, very like uh, very motivated traffic. And so I was, you know, I was getting all this traffic and all this interest and I was uh, sending a lot of it out to this app on the app store for helping women do uh, Kegel exercises. And I kind of looked at that and said, okay, I'm sending hundreds of people a day to this person's app. Uh, she's probably making like over a hundred dollars a day off of this traffic. Like, why don't I just make my own app wow. and then I can capture that. So uh, I got connected with the developer. We built the app. We launched it in the app store back in 2016, I think. And all of those articles still funnel traffic to it. And it's pretty regularly in like the top 50 paid apps for health and wellness, uh, like ever since then. So, uh, and it's just, you know, costs $3 to download. And so that's making sales every day. And that's been like an awesome passive income stream, like ever since it launched. Again, I love hearing those kind of stories because um, so correct me if I'm wrong, but you didn't necessarily, it's just very like entrepreneurial. You didn't go into it with this plan in mind. You did something, you, you recognized an opportunity and then you put a plan together and you, you put it into action. And that was what you said, 2016. Yep. So it's been three years of, that's like true passive income. You know, you built something and it, it just flows automatically. I mean, I'm sure you go in and you edit from time to time and um, maybe add some more content, but I, I, I just think that is really great to hear. And again, just proof positive that these uh, tactics that people see online with maybe their, their silly YouTube commercials or whatever, like these strategies do really work and it is possible for you to build some kind of a a passive stream online through what it is that you're interested in. So I love that. Yeah. Um, Great. And then uh, just finish off. And then the indirect. Yeah, please. Yeah. That's where I was going. Finish off with that, please. Yeah. So, I mean, that's really like, that's what's been, that's what's allowed me to build growth machine and do all of that like business is just having, having the content out there, especially the marketing content was really useful and really helpful for building authority and building some like brand name recognition, uh, which has obviously made the whole sales process and the client acquisition process way easier. You know, we're, we're doing over, you know, 2 million in ARR right now. And all of that business has come inbound and all of that inbound has mostly come from, me publishing articles or going on podcasts like this or doing my email newsletter. And, you know, that's, I think that really speaks to just how much uh, of a business you can get started on like being helpful and giving away free information for years. Cause I've been publishing free marketing articles for four or five years now. And, mm-hmm. you know, none of those have really been monetized beyond, you know, maybe affiliate signups for Webflow or WordPress. Uh, but Now it's like, okay, all of those marketing articles that did well and were popular and have been passed around have created this uh, business. And I I didn't write them with the intention to do it, but it has, you know, turned into this incredible tool for, uh, dogs going crazy in the background. Sorry. Can you hear that? Uh, barely, but it's fine. I I actually (laughs) always get a kicker when, when dogs are like construction is out in the window, it's like, no, this is <laughs> real life. We're bit. really doing this, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So it's, you know, I, 
the the sales process and you know the client acquisition process for an agency like ours is so much easier if they've already you know listened to you talking about what you do if they've read stuff about what you do if they if they feel like they already kind of know you and again it's like i'm not creating any of that stuff for that purpose but it's turned into serving that purpose over time just again by giving away free stuff so yeah it's like the the blog started just to try to get a job and see in your year of college and since then it's like created those great passive income streams it's helped create growth machine um and now it's like a fun project i enjoy working yeah. on and i enjoy doing my newsletter and i don't publish as much anymore because you know i've got like other work to do but uh it's it's just a great thing to keep investing in yeah it's it's enabled you to position yourself as an authority in the field and by that alone it's helped you to grow um growth machine and i'm sure all of your other projects leaps and bounds simply because you provided free value and uh and i love that i think that's really awesome yeah i'm super super happy i started that site back in the day <laughs> yeah like I, I think about that sometimes i'm glad you said that because i i think about the things that i started like 10 years ago and you always have that moment like is this really worth it will anybody really care what i have to say you know is is this the right path but then it's it's so easy to think about the short-term value and then it's 10 years later and i always think like what would my life be like if i never just sat down in that dark room by myself with nobody watching me for 18 months and yeah not knowing where, where it would take off. So I, I just think that's really important. And, and like I said, I just, I appreciate that message from you. And like, just an example that these aren't just superfluous, um, uh, like ad copy spots. The, the stuff that we're talking about is real. It really does work and it, and it pays off. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. So, uh, Hey, Matt, this is a perfect place to wrap up. Um, again, I, I really, really appreciate you coming on my show. Um, before you sign off, we talked a lot about the projects that you have going on, but I don't think I once like mentioned where people can find them. Uh, let people know where they can find Growth Machine, your tea company, your blog. If you have a Twitter, let's get that out there. Yes. Yeah, so Growth Machine is just growthmachine.com. Uh, cup and leaf is the tea company and that's just cup and leaf all spelled out.com. Cool. And then my personal site is just <clears throat> nateliason.com. So N A T E L I A S O N. Uh, and that's also my Twitter handle just at nateliason. Twitter's where I'm most active. I don't have any other social media. So yeah, if you enjoy this episode, definitely come say hi there and send me any follow-up questions. Love to hear them. Great. I will put all those in the show notes. Matt, thanks again for your time. I, I really, really enjoyed this conversation. If I'm ever but whenever I get out to Austin, I'll, I'll give you a call and, and we'll go get some tea. Yeah, let me know. Sounds great. Thanks All for brother. having me on, Tim. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks again. Hey, guys, it's me. It's Tim. One last time before we wrap up, just wanted to say thank you for tuning into the podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes. Please leave me an honest rating. Please follow me on Spotify. It's the best thing you can do to support the show. If you want to find out more, go to timstods.com. Feel free to fill out the contact form to reach out to me personally. I always respond. I appreciate you guys so much. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one.